from the Ticats Audio Network, this is Speaking with the Enemy. Welcome back to Tiger Cats pregame presented by Active Green and Ross Louis B alongside Andy Fantuz. And yes, it is time for Speaking with the Enemy. And today, very pleased to be joined by 620 CKRM's Luke Melinder. Luke, I'm, I'm like, what are you watching for in this game? The Riders have known they are going to be hosting. The Ticats found out last night. I mean, battle of the backs up, backups is, is what it's shaping up to be. Yeah, but one of the things for Saskatchewan is that uh, you, these two teams are in a little bit of a different journey. Uh, I think that you can say that Hamilton's probably playing at a comfortable level walking into the playoffs, right? Like there aren't too many complaints about where you guys are. I think that Saskatchewan's got a lot of work to do to be ready for the playoffs. And uh, so, for, for instance, I was, I was shocked to see that they didn't bring Cody today. I don't think that Cody and the receiving core have the rhythm going right now to actually warrant the starting quarterback not playing. I would have played him for at least a half to just continue to work on things, right? You got Andy knows you got to be at a high level going into the playoffs, right? And and the offense offensively, they've really struggled with consistency. So, I mean, you look at it right now. I'll tell you what, this backup quarterback, Isaac Harker, man, he's going to attack. Like, this, this game, he's either going to have 400 yards and three touchdowns or he's going to have four interceptions, one touchdown, and, like, 250. Like, you know what I mean? It's going to be either or. But he is going to go after um, that Hamilton secondary, or at least I hope he does because he's a, he's a really – he's good. And if you look into his sort of history, man, he has all sorts of quarterback records from college and stuff. He didn't play in a big-time program, but in that program he set all sorts of records. He's a guy I really like. So you're right, right? Like, this is a, it's a bit of a mix, right? There's guys in here that are getting an opportunity, but then again, there's also guys that need to continue to work to get better. Yeah, you mentioned Cody's not coming, and uh, and that's a good point. There's there's over a half dozen other player, other starters, notable starters yeah. for Saskatchewan who who are not in the lineup. Uh, but even with the guys who are in there, do you think that that's a similar what you said about playing a half and then taking some time off? Mm. Do you think the guys like like the the Ganey and the Marshalls and the, yeah. and the Dan Clarks? Do you think those guys will? also get spelled this game and, and the, the backups even to this game will yeah. get in and get some action? I think that uh, I think they would have liked to do that. I know that they weren't even bringing Dan Clark at one point, but then Logan Furland this week in practice tweaked something in his uh, obliques, right? So, which is hard to imagine that an offensive lineman tweaking an oblique <laughs> muscle. Like, I'm not sure they even existed in offensive linemen. But, but oh, so, that's a hate bomb. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but – but again, they were going to start Logan Furland. So Dan Clark wasn't even going to come. But I fully expect Furland and Matlin Riley to really go there. But um, as far as the secondary, like the problem is they're so injured, you know. And, and so right now there's really like one guy, um, Jacob Dearborn, who's basically not just the rotator on the secondary. He's also like the backup strong side linebacker. You know what I mean? So it's, it's interesting to see just sort of, you know, that dynamic because ultimately if they weren't as injured, I don't think Ganey would be on the trip. Um, I, you know, I'm not surprised that none of the linebackers are here, yeah. right? They're, that's one of their strengths right now, and, and they do need to rest. And I'm, I'm probably willing to bet that A.C. Leonard and Jonathan Woodard are going to come out here and just continue to battle away for that sack title, which is they probably, you probably had to, they probably <laughs> asked to be on this trip, right? <laughs> yeah. well, there was a once upon a time I would have said that ab, ab muscle comment to you, I think, Luke. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yes. But, yeah, but yeah, yeah put it this way. I'm not straining any obliques these days, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Those two guys you mentioned, Woodard and Leonard, gave the Ticats heck la yeah. last time, last yeah. time around, and and really that was 
probably the most notable difference in the game was yeah. that defensive line dominance. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you, to, to mention that they're playing for a sack title and, and going to be hungry certainly poses a big test for the Cats and, and if they are to, uh, you know, get some of the subs in their offensive line yeah. in the game. Yeah, you, you guys are you guys are a little bit, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're, you're a little bit younger at that left tackle um, spot. Jordan Murray, I know, is a little, you're right. He'll, he'll, he'll probably be a guy that, you know, gets a lot of work. But, again, you guys have, at least you guys have, Yarbrough and Gibbon, right, uh, who will get some playing time. But, man, those ends have been unreal all year. And, and I really think that as a guy that's, that's, that's familiar, obviously, with that position, um, I, I think that their D-line coach is fantastic. His name's Ben Olsen. He, this is really the first pro shot he's ever had. He's been coaching in um, um, sort of mid-major NCAA level universities. But that guy, man, he's always coaching. Like, you guys will see him today. He, like, leads warm-up drills. It's like they're practicing at warm-up. You know what I mean? So um, they've gotten them ready. So, yeah, I think that, again, uh, it's probably going to be the same case as last time, right, when we talked about keys to the game. And I said, you know, in the trenches, that'll that'll be where the game's won and lost. I think that today will be no different. Um, they've got – we've got a decent interior. But that's where I think that um, there, there might be an advantage there. Our, our – the interior that we brought, we didn't bring the pass rushing interior. We brought the – we brought the just – knock stuff around interior so I don't know how much pressure they're gonna get when I was talking to DT this week you know I asked about the coordinators and he, he immediately jumped to Jason Chivers and what he's been able to do this season you know you look at those injuries they suffered you know pre day one of training camp yeah and you told them that barring all this you're still gonna go put out the numbers you have you're still yeah. gonna finish you know nine and whatever they finish at um, what can you tell me about what he's done with this defense considering all the injuries that you've mentioned Shivers is one of the guys that, and and there's two trains of thought for coaches, right? There's a coach that has his system, right? And, you know, you go through training camp and you learn that system and you play that system. Shivers is more like a Chris Jones type of guy where he wants to be aggressive, but more importantly, he won't sacrifice being aggressive if, if – um, he doesn't have the staff, and that's what I was getting at, is that Shivers has really done a great job in the two years he's been D.C. here of understanding the talent he has in his locker room and then developing the scheme behind it. One of the things you can look at is Micah Tights and Cam Judge. You know, last year Cam Judge was our most outstanding Canadian on the defensive side of the ball, right? He was, uh, um, and now Micah Tights is up for that same award, but very different approaches. They haven't been nearly as aggressive with Micah Tights in terms of, uh, of having him on the line of scrimmage, blitzing him, things like that. It's been a total different sort of feel and look to that will position, and that's because they have two different skill sets. So I think that's what Shivers has done well is he's looked at his, he's always taken sort of a roster, um, perspective to it and he's always said okay well this guy's this guy's not doing this well or he won't do this well so let's not put him in a position where other guys other coaches and I'm sure Andy's had those guys before where it's like this is the system regardless of who you are you're playing in this spot and this is how we're doing you know? Yeah, Jason Shiver is a, a good friend of mine, ex-teammate, and he came, he actually came out to uh, one of my training sessions over the off-season, and in like half an hour teaching the young athletes in the area, I think I learned more more yeah. about defensive yeah. back yeah. than yeah. I had up to that point. Yeah. I mean, I learned some cool things. So, uh, you know, kudos to him and what he's done and yeah. with the with Saskatchewan and, and so far in his time there. Um, you mentioned about the receivers sort of getting into some kind of rhythm leading into the playoffs. Mm. You're, you're going to be going against a, a hot. Calgary team who of course uh, with Dave Dickinson the Bull Levi Mitchell combo like yeah. you can never count them out it's sort of uh, you know sort of that 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 mainstay for the last decade and uh, what other areas do you think that 
Saskatchewan might be looking to sort of work on or polish up leading into yeah. the playoffs? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that the you know, receiving core is um, – the problem with Saskatchewan this whole year is that they haven't been able to manufacture uh, big plays consistently. Right. For instance, uh, the last one was last week. It was 48 yards. And I think that the bigger play before that was maybe one. Right. Like they haven't been able to do any of that. I think so. So here again, especially against this secondary. I love this secondary in Hamilton. I think it's an awesome secondary. I think it's one of the better secondaries in the league. So at least, you know, you got some guys that are really going to push these guys. But other than the receiving core, they've got to get the whole line going. They've got to get the run game going. Right. Like especially against Calgary, too. As you, you know, this is that it gets that fourth quarter. You're going to have to control that clock. Right. The clock becomes a big part of the game and um, uh, if the Saskatchewan Rough Riders aren't able to consistently run the football um, uh, then uh, they're not going to be able to take advantage of clock scenarios and situations so that's another thing they haven't been getting the mileage out of their their run game that um, that they want and I really think and and you know this isn't necessarily a thought for this game but I really think that in Calgary they need to look at the run game and they need to include Cody as a running back in their mindset. I think that if they unveil like a, a run pass option look, right, that always has him as a threat to run as well, I think they'll get a lot more mileage because it hasn't been working. So, yeah, again, against a great defense like you guys have, especially two guys in the middle that are impossible to move around, right, this is a good test for them, right? This, and, and this is the O-line. Unfortunately, this is the O-line that we're going to also have going into, the, going into the playoffs. We don't have a lot of room to move guys around. Josiah St. John's played all year and and again, Dan Clark was the only guy who was thinking about getting a rest. Yeah, and the Ticats kind of in a similar boat with they're just running out of bodies on the offensive line. Uh, this is kind of a homecoming for Kean Schaefer, Schaefer Baker. Excuse me. Uh, went to school in Guelph. He was the team's nominee for most outstanding rookie. Uh, a, a real big bright spot uh, for him. What have you seen out of his game from the young Canadian receiver? Yeah, I think that. And Andy will attest to this. They've always been, especially in Saskatchewan, they've actually always been trying to replace Andy. <laughs> right? Like they've always been looking for They've been for, looking for yeah, the next fan twos for about 15 years. Yeah. Since he's gone left. <laughs> but, and the reason why I say that is because there's a couple guys that really have a chance to be special there. Uh, Kean Schaefer-Baker is one of them. What I like about Kean is, is, is like Andy, he's got that catch radius that you know what I mean that's just all over if it's within his radius he's going to catch it I think that he's a little bit immature right he's uh, you know as this generation is this generation <laughs> of football is, has really changed I yeah. remember talking to vets on on all the other teams this year and they all say the same thing all this generation wants to do is come to practice bounce and then party you know what I mean so um, he, he needs to become a pro but he's definitely got a high ceiling because he's, he's, he's fast and, he's, and, he's, and it's not like obvious fast either like if you take your eye off him, he he's got this game speed that's a little bit deceptive. So I think that out of all the Canadian guys, he has they've got the biggest. He's got probably the the highest ceiling, um, and then it would probably be Braden Lenius. All right. Uh, well, I think I know everything I need to know about this game. Thanks, yeah, Luke. I'm pumped up, man. <laughs> it's good to be here.